0: wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help.
1: Good morning. Good morning, Professor Ward Scott, the warthog here, by golly, in the Mellon Law studio. I'm looking to see my picture here in a moment on the screen appear to confirm I am out there in the, in the outer land of the world. Uh, we are, of course, in the Milton Law Studio and uh, protected by crime prevention twenty four seven three sixty five. 365 and coming at you on a lot of different platforms. You can go over to Rumble and take a look at us there. We hope you do and follow us there. Um, it's um, another place that you can show your support. And we appreciate all those who do uh, show their respo- uh, support. Uh, a lot of you, uh, who, those of you who donate and uh, Otherwise, support us um, just by tuning in every day. I mean, that's a lot of fun. So um, I'm looking it's at myself. Tuning in every day. Yeah, let me get fun. this tuned down so, so I don't hear awesome. myself. Oh,
0: can yeah. Mind?
1: I thought I had all our control. Well, Brenda Dullery and uh, Ken Hillier, Rainy day in Georgia. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm not seeing myself on my computer screen here, but I am on my uh, on my phone. So we'll assume out there I'm getting through to you. Um Geez, you know, here's the story today. Um, the legislature is in session. And this legislature is really scaring the, you know what, out of
0: the city of Gainesville, and rightfully so. Um, the city of Gainesville, well, we've been through it. We really don't need
1: to much go through it anymore. How badly governed it is and how dysfunctional, all the different adjectives that can describe that group of people. But now, cometh before the legislature again, and this time I think it's going to actually happen, is um, a bill to take uh, the control of GRU out of the hands of this Gainesville City Commission. Now, the city, according to well, I don't even know if you, you can find numbers that are accurate. But um, according to a lot the Florida Legislative Auditing, Auditing Committee, um, the city is in debt $1.7 billion. I mean, those numbers just you know, do. You, have you ever heard of that before? <clears throat> I mean, the federal government, of course. <clears throat> but you have to remember that this city mimics the federal government, it mimics the Democrat government. Because it is a democratically run city, so if there's a debt, and there obviously is at the national level, got a you know, out of control debt, it follows that it would be an out of control debt here in the city of Gainesville, since all these people here uh, have drank from the same water hole. Um, and really, it's ironic because whenever you see people want to defend their position like the Gainesville City Commission, they always call up, quote-unquote, a phrase, which I'm sure you've heard before, of the people. So the response that the current version of city leaders has, of course, plays that card. And it says, well, we tried this before in 2018. And we gave the voters a chance to vote on it then, and uh, roughly 60% of the city's electorate um, shot it
0: down. Even Andrew Kaplan has written that into his narrative. Well, the city's electorate. Well, GRU, as you know, serves many, many more customers than those who live in the city. And so you've got a situation here where um,
1: you got disenfranchised voters, you got voter suppression. Now, you know, these terms, I have to remind you that these terms are so ironic because who's the
0: first one to play the voter suppression card? The Democrats. But when it serves their purpose, voter suppression, which incidentally is not in the Kaplan article,
1: he doesn't mention that. That'd be almost uh, taboo to say that because he really is more aligned with the liberals than he is the conservatives.
0: Had I been writing the article, I would have put that in there. That's a form of voter suppression when
1: all these Customers don't get to have a voice. And this led to the frustration because when the, you remember, you have to be able to read code to read Democrat language. When the Democrats
0: use the phrase the people, they mean their people. Okay? Jot that down in your notes, students. When the Democrats use the phrase, All the people, they are referring to their people. They don't
1: really mean the people. They don't really mean all the people
0: who are affected by GRU. No. Of course not. So they're complaining that the legislature this time is going to take this decision out of the hands, follow this now, the people. Don't fall for that. It's going to put it into the hands of all the people's representatives, which is the Florida legislature. Perry, Bradley, Clemens, the people's duly elected representatives, the people, all the people. Well, certainly people who otherwise couldn't have voted when it was just people in the city of Gainesville. So I just wanted to give you that little trip down memory lane so you could understand what has set the stage. The next thing you have to ask yourself is if from 2018, when the people, according to the Democrats, but their people, really, four five years now have gone by. And you have to ask yourself, Has it gotten worse worse, of course, or has it gotten better? And you, you, you really don't even need a coin toss for that. You just, you instantly know it's gotten worse. And then even if you're only paying remote attention, occasional attention, you know that there's all this wasted talk
1: on the dais about affordable housing, all the, you know, East Gainesville. Meanwhile, the electric rates are going up
0: to the people in East Gainesville. too. you know, particularly them. In fact, we've talked to people who have said, we don't run
1: everything at the house at the same time, or even we turn everything off.
0: And only turn it off we need It's like a third world. Moe better is another Goodwin plantation. Moe better. It has not gotten mo better. It has gotten mo worser. The other good thing about the way this will proceed to the legislature
1: is it w- will be put on the consent item list. And when something's on the consent item, you just consent, and everything on that item
0: gets voted in. I'll give you a good example locally. Millhopper Road has an extra, as we say, extra, extra. Good morning, Larry. We have an extra wide bike lane. And when that extra wide bike lane appeared on Millhopper Road, People said, where did this come from? Came from the consent agenda.
1: Cleverly, it had been put on the consent agenda. Most people, unless they're queued up and alerted ahead of time, don't bother to look at a consent agenda.
0: The people, they just vote for the whole thing. Although you can pull something from the consent agenda, and um, That'll probably happen. Some Democrat will pull it, but it won't mean anything. Because having pulled it, they'll go ahead and vote on the consent agenda. I predict how, you know, by the way, that this will pass. And I'm never wrong. You know that. Now, on this new board will be a commercial user and a
1: resident from outside the city limits. A couple of new wrinkles, but let me tell you who really has to pay extra, as we say in Lake City, has to pay extra when these GRU rates go up and you
0: never, ever hear about it. The Alachua County Schools the Alachua County schools buy their electricity from GRU.
1: Now get this, this is government malfeasance at its best.
0: So when the seven jokesters on the city commission fiddle while Rome burns and rob from Peter to pay Paul, they cause the school system to have to go out and ask for more tax money. Do you follow that, my friends, my students? Do you follow that? They have to go out and ask for more tax money. So the incompetence of one group of Democrats drives up the cost of another group of Democrats' responsibilities. Now, there won't be a representative on this on the school board, and there shouldn't be. But wow. Think of that. Furthermore, many, many people don't have little children going to school. So let's think about those people. They get hit with a double whammy. And many of them are senior citizens because that's why they don't have little children going to school. They've got senior citizens trying to live out their golden years without going broke, paying more and more out the nose for electricity (laughs) and paying more and more out the nose with the school board taxes plantation mark says, oh, they're going to lower with solar panels. Good luck, brother. Good luck with those solar panels. I thought we were going to lower costs, too, with burning trees. How'd that work out for you? Huh? Burning trees, solar panels, windmills. How's all that work out for you? Now, the esteemed city commission says, well,
1: give us more time. We're going to go talk about this. Talk about it.
0: My, you know what? You've been talking about it since 2018. And furthermore, your financial bookkeeping has gotten worse,
1: Since 2018, we can show that. You can't even find the receipts
0: to have an auditing committee audit you. It's a true, it's a really strange group of people on the dais. It, It really is. I mean, some of them are so young they have not even experienced the world much at all
1: aren't really vested in the city, come out of the academic community and know it all, you know, give the international fighter pilot salute to the voters,
0: tell some of the people who come down to the meeting that I can't believe you're still breathing our air. You know, it's really amazing group of people. The league of women voters, everybody knows they should be called the league of liberal women voters. You know what the city's worried about is—they won't have the money to pay
1: for core core services. Core services. Let's take regional transit
0: system. All those bus wraps—they cost those liars a lot of money. They cost those liars a lot of money. And they mostly have all the bus wraps. And guess what? That money doesn't go back into regional transit. It goes into the cash cow kitty. I know because I've talked to people on the regional transit advisory board. The regional transit advisory board is frustrated. Hey, listen, let me just give you one indication about listening. There have been several unanimous votes unanimous on the regional transit advisory committee to take Corrine Brown's name off the building. Really? Had you forgotten that? Let me ask you this. Is that an indication of how well they listened? Or is that an indication of how well they don't listen? I mean, let's just use that as a kind of example. So the people, the people, through the legislative auditing committee, from which all this is derived, This is not some ideological whimsical band-aid over a big cut like solar panels or wind farms or whatever. This is based on looking at the financial documents of this city, Gainesville. And from that, This very well-qualified group of investigators has concluded that this bunch of yo-yos that run this commission cannot right the ship. Or they would have done it five years ago when the first shot was fired across the bow. The League of Liberal Women Voters has no... Have you ever been to one of those meetings? I mean, it really is. It's kind of scary. It's really kind of scary. That these people actually think they know what they're talking about. GRU has had a monopoly, what it boils down to. And no one has been able to choose from among other power providers. This bill, as near as I can tell, is not trying to make that a possibility. First of all, it's trying to stop the bleeding. It's trying to stop the theft of money from the GRU customers or projects they don't approve of that cost their rates to go up. It's very simple. When you say city leadership, as Kaplan does in his article, you're writing what we call purple prose. There is no leadership in the city. There hasn't been. Every since I trace it back to ever since P. Green underhand came, got on the commission. There is no leadership. There's a kind of cult. Gainesville City Commission operates more like a cult. So when that cult says it's important to the people in Gainesville, this
1: is a quote from How Low Can You Go, Bowtie Poe. Quote from Poe, it is very important to the people in Gainesville that we own and control our utility.
0: Why? First of all, there you go. The people. What he means is their people. Take the article the and change it to a possessive pronoun there. He means the liberal voter. And when they say that the general government partners with various projects, oh yeah, oh yeah, let's provide a list and you'll see what they've been partnering with. It is simply an amazing example. If you've ever wondered where there is a a document that spells out the dilemma, this document, this particular version is presented by Kaplan in the Gainesville Sunset. But this whole
1: confrontation by the Florida legislature
0: and the city commission of Gainesville and the ensuing documents that come for this are absolute snapshots of how the ideologically driven Democrat left operates. An absolute snapshot of it. Now there's no one else, once again, Students that can lead you through this discussion that I know of as clearly as I just did for you, the professor. So thankfully, you won't have a vote in it. The legislature is going to decide. The legislature has the authority to decide. It looks as if
1: the city commission didn't even understand that. They exist
0: uh, with the blessing of the legislature. The cities are created by the legislature. So they really don't, the city doesn't have any say-so. Very seldomly does it come to that. But that's basically where this place has taken itself. It uh, has put the legislature, reluctantly I assure you, at the negotiating table. And left the legislature really without any choice. So there you are, my friends. It's unavoidable. They've put themselves in a situation. They put themselves in a situation. Take a break a little bit earlier for the bottom of the hour weather. To get back, I'll go into what
1: the legislature is going to be taking up. Besides this pesky issue of bringing the city of Gainesville commissioners to their senses. Let's see if I can get uh, production to break just a little bit early here um, so that uh, we may... Logically go to the next component of my presentation. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Scott Files Gold Sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On-the-Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Stop Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscotfiles.com
0: Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Hi, boy. Can
1: we touch him? No, thanks. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil.
0: All right, welcome back to the Ward Scott Files,
1: here with Ward's weather report brought to you by Lewis Oil. Sharon hey, we're going to need fossil fuels to, well, really forever. Um, don't buy into this notion that, uh, um, you know, you're not going to need fossil fuels. It's a little bit goofy. The weather here, and I'm going to have you a little story about this and fit it into the weather here in a minute. But um, the weather here is really, we're, we're experiencing some good stuff, boy. Um, we uh, have got really ideal weather. I mean hopefully nature's not tricked out because everything's blooming. I'm looking for the hummingbirds to come back. Um, maybe even a little early. But um well, grass is growing. You know, it's uh, sixty-seven degrees and it's gonna get up to eighty. And meanwhile, everybody else in the world is taking some sort of uh, the United States is taking some sort of pummeling. There's still storms in California with some thre- uh flooding, uh snow coming across the Great Lakes. Um mm-hmm. You know, there you are. I mean, it's multiple winter storms on the northeast. You know, talking about this fossil fuel, I'm going to work this into the weather. Towing a trailer or a boat is one of the standard operating procedures. Edith Hamilton has written about this for a light-duty pickup truck. All kinds of people drive light-duty pickup trucks. But if you go to an electric light-duty pickup truck, You better be prepared for a loss in range when driving an electric pickup truck. Um, Regardless of the type of vehicle, towing a trailer or a boat will cause a reduction in the quote-unquote fuel efficiency of the electric vehicle and therefore the range of the electric vehicle. And this will limit your range uh, when compared particularly to a gas-powered vehicle. It even limits the range of the gas-powered vehicle, but it's a different issue for you. Um, The 2022 F-150 has a range about 320 miles when it's fully charged. But the F-150 gas-powered has a range of over 500 miles on a full tank. So you're losing about 200 miles of range just for global warming. That's why I'm working this story into the weather part of this show. Um, Now, uh, if you stick to the speed limit on highways and don't try to do a bunch of passing, even 10 miles over the speed limit or darting in and out of traffic or trying to negotiate lane changes will have even a more significant impact on the range of your electric pick em up truck. Uh, Furthermore, When you do find a charging station and you stop, it will take you 20 to 40 minutes, uh, depending upon the efficiency of the charging station and the particular electric vehicle that you you have. Now, I've never had to take 20 minutes to fill my F-150. I couldn't imagine having to take 40 minutes what in the world would I do?
0: I mean, I just don't get it. So when you've got a trailer or a boat, you may also have to unhook
1: the trailer in order to access the charging station's power cord. And that will eat up even more time. Um,
0: it is really, one more example, what we're going through in the city of Gainesville. People who don't have a clue what they're doing, running the electric utility. This is is where we're going. This is
1: going to create a new term, according to the shrinks that have been looking at this, called range anxiety. Get ready, my friends,
0: If you get an electric pick-em-up truck, get ready to experience a
1: range anxiety. Wow, wow, wow. Brand
0: new phrase for me to learn. Huh? Michael Lucas, I hope you didn't fall for that.
1: He says that the idea was to have hot, swappable, fully charged batteries.
0: Let me tell you something. me A story from my own experience. I went and got me a real nice steel chainsaw battery operated. Now, it won't turn at the RPMs, the gas one will, which I've got. But I ain't got to pull on the cord. I still use the pull on the cord one for the big jobs when we're out of the field for a while
1: because that Battery will come low, but not long ago it got low, and we went and put it on the charger. And guess what? Didn't charge. Michael didn't
0: charge. Guess what? It was a bad battery. A friend calls them batteries. The bad battery. So I went down to the place from which I got it and said, "I need a new battery." They said we can't get them. We ain't got none. About four months later, Michael, a batteries come in from China. Huh? You 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 honest to God believed? That you'd be able to go to a charging station and swap out a battery? you got to be kidding me. I know you probably didn't. Come on. Come on, man. The Florida legislature starts uh, up, started up Tuesday. Now, here's what we're going to be taking up. Of course, they're trying to pin all this on DeSantis running for president. They're going to make that happen. The media, if they have to put, um, if they have to put a size ten foot in a, in a size five shoe, they're going to make that size ten foot go inside that size five shoe. How you watch it? So, one of the ideas here is that they're going to take on this
1: diversity, equity, and inclusion
0: in the school system. Well, let me just give you an indication of how big an issue that is. And I've been talking about it for quite a while. This article... I had over here in the Midnight Auto Yard. It's by uh, Michael Spalding. And Michael Spalding is the vice president of Hillsdale College. And I said, Hillsdale College does not take federal money. Therefore, it can free to be a college. And They go through these terms and decode them for you. The first term they go to is diversity. And Mr. Spaulding makes the point. That diversity is no longer a term to describe the breadth of differences. Rather, it is a term to grant privileges to purportedly oppressed identity groups. Put that in your notes, students, because that'll be on the test and you can always use your notes on Professor Warthog's exams. Mr. Spaulding suggests that diversity is no
1: longer a term to describe the breadth of differences, really
0: what it does is describe how narrow, narrowly defines it and pins it to, quote, oppressed identity groups. Oppressed, oppressed, oppressed how? The oppressed can go to the same school. The unoppressed can go to. Furthermore, Mr. Spaulding says that equity assigns positions in the system based on race, sex, and sexual orientation rather than character, competence, and merit. I couldn't have said it no better myself. Let me run that back again. Equity assigns desirable positions. Desirable. Not just any position, but the ones that really, and it assigns them based upon your race, your sex
1: and by that I'm sure they mean gender, and sexual orientation, which
0: means fluidity, I suppose, LGBTQ, rather than character. Character doesn't matter anymore.
1: I know of a situation, which I'm not going to talk about much right now,
0: where there is a person teaching in the Lodgeville County school system has a criminal record. Let's leave it at that right now. Competence? That's not that's thrown out the window whether you're competent or not. Merit? No, merit's a bad word. And what does inclusion mean? Inclusion means creating a social environment where the in-fashion identity groups are celebrated while those who are not in agreement with those groups are maligned. Pretty doggone good paragraph there by that gentleman. Some very good sentences. So he reaches the conclusion that diversity, equity, and inclusion are toxic
1: because it divides us by social identity, right?
0: Divides us by social identity and ranks of those divisions and assigns to them, arbitrarily really, religion power. Those of good character, notwithstanding skin color, notwithstanding race, sex, or cultural affinity, are maligned. Furthermore, Mr. Spaulding writes, it's this DEI has
1: infiltrated higher education. You need to look no further, for ab- further is for abstract distance,
0: farther is for measurable distance, than any of the state universities, really. There's offices and deans and vice presidents, Hey, the city of Gainesville's got one. They're paying the dude 200, six figures. I'm not even, I'm going to quit right there. To run a diversity office, the city, the, 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 the county school boards got one. This gentleman, Mr. Spaulding, who is vice president of Hillsdale College
1: and dean of its Van Andel Graduate School of Government, has just been appointed by DeSantis to be on the board of trustees for New College of Florida. Hallelujah.
0: New College of Florida has the potential to be like Hillsdale. It got hijacked. A survey of the top universities found an average of 45 DEI staff members at each school. That's about one DEI staffer for every 30 professors. Another study found that 20% of academic job postings require
1: a loyalty oath to diversity, equity,
0: and inclusion before you can even be employed or promoted. What are they trying to do? They're trying to create a framework
1: for diversity officers. And what will those diversity officers be hired to do? They'll be hired to advance, so writes Mr. Spaulding, anti-racism racism strategies, particularly, particularly, if race really applied to race, of which are three principal races, Mongoloid, Caucasian, and Negro,
0: it really applied to all three of those entities, which are all blurred now, we know that, and should be. But, the diversity is aimed at anti-black racism, which wouldn't exist if you didn't keep talking about it. Well, Sanders is going to put a stop to this. His slogan is Florida is where woke comes to lose or something like that. Because what this diversity, equity, and inclusion is doing
1: is exacerbating divisions between and among groups.
0: Between us for two, among us for more than two. Creates an environment of tension and fear and closed-mindedness. I am so glad to hear that Hillsdale College as an influence on new college in Sarasota, Florida. There you go. So that's one of the legislative actions that's going to be taken up. You know, even Texas A&M. starting to get the message. Texas A&M
1: has announced it will no longer allow diversity statements to be considered
0: when weighing applicants for hire. How about that? No university or agency in this press
1: release, quote, no university or agency in the A&M system will admit any student nor hire any employee based on any factor other than merit. That order comes straight
0: down from Texas Governor Greg Abbott's chief of staff, Garter Pate. Huh? 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 Is this all this stuff about books? I gave this to a couple of school teachers to look at.
1: School libraries, according to the teachers, should have different stricter standards than public libraries. Schools are responsible for what kids are reading. A public library, the parents can decide what a child reads. School libraries, this book is gay, gender, queer, let's
0: talk about it, all of which contains sexually explicit depictions. And. Promote the LGBTQWXYZ community has a whole
1: section about ins and outs of gay sex. Don't belong in the school library. Let me tell you a story. It's so funny.
0: I was thinking about this. This would date me, I guess. When I was up in high school. Actually, I was at junior high school. Junior high school. I think it was ninth grade. The way our class, our was structured, ninth grade was the last year of junior high school. Then you went to 10th grade. That was senior high school. But we had a study hall in the library. In our school,
1: this is, I've always liked libraries. They're impressive things for me to be in. I love them. Go get the books, sit down. Usually good libraries have big desks and big chairs and cushions and that humanities
0: room at the University of Florida old library is magnificent. Um, You can just chill out and read. Big, huge, vaulted ceilings. Well, you know, you're supposed to behave and be quiet, but you, you don't move around in those libraries.
1: And it come to my understanding, by golly, That on the
0: shelf of one of them our library shelves was a National Geographic magazine, by golly. And I can remember the kid who discovered it. He was smart. I wouldn't have hung out with him if he wasn't smart or let him hang out with me. I only hang out with smart people. If you're a little bit, you know, I don't mean to be rude, but I mean, I just, I get bored easily. So I can remember the kid's name. I don't want to say it. He was bright, but he was also sort of like me. He was always in trouble because you were, he was too bright. He saw things the other ones didn't see. He came to me one time. He said, come here. He said, I want you to come over here. And take a look at what I saw, what I found. We went over there, by golly, and he yanked the National Geographic kind of secretly off the shelf. And he opened it up. God bless him. And there was a great big picture, picture, as they say in Tennessee. It was a great big picture of Two African tribal ladies taken in their habitat with their skirts on, but no tops. What?
1: With their bosoms, as one of my plastic surgeon buddies always called them bosoms. They got all kinds of names, you know,
0: with bosoms. And they were ample bosoms. And me and my buddy, oh, we stared at him. Wow. Now, this was before Playboy, you understand. We stared at him. And then we put that back up on the shelf. Now, by golly, next time we come to that study hall and acted like we was going to take a book down to study, well, we were going to take a book down to study,
1: all right. We're going to go back in that corner and get that National Geographic out and study that
0: picture again. Except, guess what? Can you believe it? The librarian, or today they're called media specialists. I hate that word. I love librarian. The librarian, or somebody it worked for, had cut the picture cut the picture of the bosoms out of the National Geographic magazine. Are you kidding me? That was the beginning of my awareness that all was not right with the world. So now it's just an extension, I guess. You can't
1: go yank a book down off the shelf that says this book is gay, genderqueer. Let's talk about
0: it. It might even have pictures in it. Heaven forbid it have pictures in it. I'm looking at the notes my teacher friends say it on there. Books like this should not according to teachers should not be in
1: libraries where younger children can see them. Now, here's a point. It's perfectly normal, is one of the examples in this Breitbart article I'm reading.
0: It advertised as for children ages 10 and older. But guess what? I guess you wouldn't have any trouble believing this. They're a little children who are 10 years old. Guess what? Who are still in elementary school? Duh. Yeah, I can believe that. So age appropriate doesn't always coincide with elementary
1: or junior or high. You see, I know where I went to elementary school. I went to Harmon Elementary and went to 6th grade. And then Junior high went from 7
0: through 9. And then senior high went from 10 to 12, the way it was for us. But that big library now was for the whole school. So I suppose, I reckon, now
1: we found it as ninth graders. I reckon even the 12th graders could not go. Well, they could certainly couldn't after we found them. They couldn't go
0: to that National Geographic and see those National Geographic bosoms. No wonder wonder Hugh Hefner got rich. You know, there's another story to that. When I went to Europe back in the 70s, first time, me and a buddy decided we had to go to the French Riviera because we heard there was topless sunbathing. So we got on the train out of Paris. We rode the train down to St. Raphael, St. Tropez. And sure enough, there was topless sunbathing. My God, we stood on the cliff there and looked down and I saw some other guys looking. Turned out they were Americans had binoculars looking at bosoms. And next to them, lying on the blanket next to them, were men who weren't looking. They were European men. They didn't come from a puritanical nation. Bosoms were nothing to them to be cut out of a National Geographic magazine. But they sure were to us because we stood there on the strand taking a look. It always struck me that
1: you could not have started Playboy magazine in
0: Europe. You had to start it in a country where National Geographic bosoms We're not supposed to be seen. Now, listen, we've gone way beyond that. I would suggest to you that that bosoms are normal. The other stuff here is, huh? Huh?
1: Attempting to be normalized. And that's the rub, my
0: friends. That's the rub. such an interesting world we live in, isn't it?
1: It has so many things to be curious about and, and wonder about, but that's your Florida legislature. And they're right. They're going to go in there and get this stuff off your shelves, just like our librarian did. And uh, it's much more serious, probably, though, than anything we couldn't look at, um, I am sure, because the writing in the National Geographic
0: was had nothing to do with you can still read the article, let's put it that way. Once uh, um, the librarian took out the picture, the article was still there. And these books, it's what's being written and what's being promoted. Have a great weekend. I, I, I think it's been interesting
1: to talk about the Um, Just follow the money. And you'll see what's going on with the Gainesville Regional Utilities. Uh, You'll see what's going on with the schools. People don't want the public dollar to go for that. They want it to go for
0: meritocracy and character. Really? Let's get it back in there. Have a great weekend. Work I'll command center out.